You're listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, Greg Hectus, Tony Groves, and William Gibson. Hey, guys. Hey, what's up, Mike? Uh-huh. Good evening. Hey. Yeah, we forgot there. All right. Well, welcome. So we have a special guest follow-up. Last week we talked to Spencer Tart, and uh, he was in the NASCAR Ignite series for the uh, kids in the NASCAR sanctioned series. Uh, Got a P3 at the Thompson Speedway. Um, According to his last tweet, he's 15th in the standing, so... uh, we uh, continue to wish him the best of luck. So good job out there, Spencer Tart, with a P3. That's two top fives for him, eh? Yeah. You know, I don't know how he ends up 15th. Um, do they split it by I rating, or do you guys know? Yeah, from what I could tell, looking back at the results, is there, um, it kind of runs like any other weekly series as far as splits and points. So, so you got to have a decent I rating to do decent. Yeah, it sounds like you have to have a higher I rating to get score more points to be in the top split. Right. Because if you're not in the top split, it doesn't really matter. Like, you know, we can see he's 15th in points, but you said he got two top fives in a row. And so that tells you he's not in the top split. Yeah, from what I could tell, he was like in a mid-split. But I feel like as time goes on, you're going to get a lot of guys drop from that series because they just don't. Yeah, uh, they could just do them all. Yeah, run every week. Let the uh, chips fall where they may. All right, well, let's uh, jump into NASCAR iRacing Series. Sonoma, not my cup of tea. Uh, Greg, you got the top results of the week, uh, P5 and both uh, fixed and P4 and open. Yeah, it wasn't a bad week. I guess we'll talk through it as we get through the days here. All right, well, I'll start out uh, Wednesday fixed. Uh, P20, I wrecked off many times... uh, the setup sucked. Um, I had 21 incidents. I think the limit was 22. And the fixed set on Wednesday, I don't know what the deal was. It was just, you know, you couldn't put down the, the, the power is what I, I recall. And there were a lot of people in the forums talking about it. But I, I think Hammer was even saying, put like some kind of stopper uh, underneath your actual throttle a throttle that would stop it like at 80% and never let it push past 80% to not to a hundred percent and you'd be just fine. And, and he's right. When you get to those higher revs that the car just loops on you. Yeah, that's what I was finding. I, when we get down there later on, I did the Saturday fixed and I had not turned any laps around the track and, I even adjusted my my pedals to be really stiff on the throttle just so I know I I actually had to push resi- against the resistance to make it, you know, get off the corner better. Yeah, you really had to, like, roll into it, and then as your tires burnt off, just start to short shift, because as soon as you got into that power band, you were breaking that back end out from underneath you real quick. Yep. Yep. 
So P20 for that uh, Wednesday Open, P14. Uh, one guy hit me from behind. Uh, but I did much better in that race because it was a stable set. Um, you know, the teammates obviously helped me out with a, a setup to run. And it totally felt di- different, you know. And I didn't have the problem with the stepping on the gas and it coming around, you know, in the higher band of the power. But uh, P14 for me in an open at Sonoma, that's a win, man. That's I'm an oval guy, and that's just a good result. So I'm very happy with that. Chris Scales, he ran that race uh, but was in another split. He got P15. Uh, he kept it on the track, but he was... Uh, I think, guys, you would say he was upset with himself. Uh, he was two seconds off pace, and I know he was infuriated about it. I wasn't around for his race. I don't know if I think... I I, you know, he had weird. practiced uh, quite a bit, and and he thought he was, you know, going to be, you know, halfway decent, I think is what he thought, and then found out he, that wasn't the case. I, I think Tony... Tell us about your race. I, I think you kind of had the same uh, thing, right? Yeah, I actually had the same thing. Now, I don't uh, remember uh, uh, Chris getting, you know, too upset about it. I, I remember me getting really upset about it because I'd spent a whack of time uh, practicing for this race. And, um, you know, I I'd, I'd finally got to the point where I was able to, you know, put together a bunch of laps and, you know, my time was, it wasn't fast, but it was consistent and it wasn't, you know, really slow either. And then, uh, you know, come race time and it, it just, it felt like I forgot absolutely everything that I had, uh, learned while I was practicing. Um, and you know, it was no fault, but my own, I just couldn't keep, I couldn't keep the car on the track. Um, I ended up, uh, um, just, just giving up bailing out i was i was close to getting dq'd and i i would have ended up dqing just because of the level of frustration i had so i just parked it and uh yeah that way at least i'm not a, a hindrance out there possibly ruin someone else's race uh humbled is that a good word maybe I extremely humbled um <laughs> the tough car a tough oh. tough car yeah, I mean, I, I, I was feeling so good coming into that race because I felt like I had uh, not conquered the track, not by any means. But, you know, I was like, OK, I first stepped out on this track. I could barely get off pit road. Now I'm putting down laps at a decent time. Like This, you know, this is going to be OK. I'll, I'll be OK. And I certainly was not. Yeah, I think you, if I recall, you even had incidents before you even got off pit road. Um, or, or maybe it was just the first 20 lap. I mean, it was just the beginning, you know, it's where you had all your offs, right? Oh yeah. Within like the first three laps, I, I, I spun myself out two or three times. Yeah. That's the trick. If, if, you know, as an oval driver going to Sonoma, if you, if you can just keep it on the pavement, no matter how slow it is, you'll actually have a good result. And, and like you've experienced, that's hard to do. I mean, that's a big task to say and somehow i did it a couple times this week and uh but yeah that's tough tony well you know what it is what it is i mean last year at at watkins Glen was my first stab at that track and i did i did fairly well there um this one is a whole nother beast i mean you know it is is a tough track you got those elevation changes and 
um, the, the crazy turns and then the, the cars like, you know, to me is just so bloody unstable, no matter what anyone could do. But, um, yeah, it is what it is. That was my only start for the week. Um, I was just not going to try attempting it again. Yeah. All right. Uh, that brings us to Thursday open. Uh, Will, uh, P9 for you. Tell us about your run. Yeah, it was a it was a good race. I ran it as smart as I could. Um, Sonoma is probably hands down my favorite track on any sim, any game. And there's a long backstory for that. But um, yeah, I got stuck in traffic, didn't qualify, which is I was cool with. And then I just was hit a brick wall, so I pitted real early. Uh, lap 12, I wanted to get some clean track position and just kind of ran my own race. Uh, made up seven spots, so ended up moving up quite a bit. Um, there was just a lot of blocking and dive bombing. Um, just not a lot of etiquette out there. Um, but I did manage to finish race with only one X. So that was, um, really good. I do wish the race was like maybe 10 to 20 laps longer. I felt like no matter how you strategize that race, it was going to be a one stop. Um, whether you short pitted or pitted late or just pitted halfway, I feel like it would add a whole new dynamic if you had to make that second pit stop or could really push it to do one i just strategy wise it didn't leave you a whole lot of options would have been really interesting since these races were you know no cautions this could have been a race where they could have done the full length distance and it wouldn't have been you know it only goes for a certain amount of time it's not like it could take up to four or five hours uh it's long enough for me <laughs> but uh yeah it's a, it's a tough race uh no cautions and you know, like nor like little things, guys. Like every time we go and race every week, I prepare drinks. I bring in snacks, and I you know set them next to the cockpit so I have something to drink. And but then I realized at Sonoma, I did the same thing, and I didn't have a chance to drink anything. Um, there was no way. It's all green all the time. And you don't want to take your hands off that wheel. Nope. <laughs> yeah, I could definitely say like wearing the Oculus. Towards the end of that run, having, I think, like 40-something laps on my tires, it was hot. It was sweaty. I was glad it was over. Um, but just as far as the strategy of the race goes and how you pl how it plays out was um, very limited there. Yeah, if they could adjust the laps, like you said, a little bit one way. I don't know if we need to do full distance, but maybe add a little more. So, a two, like you said, a two-stopper would be a viable option because right now it's not. I mean, you have to do one. If you're doing two, you're out to lunch. All right, uh, so my run, P21, top split, though. All right, somehow made top split, Thursday open. And, uh, boy, there were some good racers in there, including Alex Bergeron, who's a pro. And uh, I I got what I should have got. P21 was, I was a P21 car in Sonoma, um, you know, and I just survived. And so that was not a bad result. Uh, Greg, you got a P16, but uh, you could have done a lot better. Uh, yeah, it felt like I could have done a bit better. Something happened where, I think Chris had this problem weeks ago, but for some reason, windows a window opened and it shut down my racing and lost connection. So by the time I closed it, closed the window and got back into it, it I was two laps down and the car was on pit road getting towed. So I lost it because of being on pit road. And that's the uh, thing, there's no recovery because there's no yellow. 
Yeah, I basically, I think I came back into the race like 20, I want to say like 20 seconds. So I got another six or seven positions back and, you know, I hope I got what I could get back in that race. There wasn't anything else I was going to get. I, I think I was almost side by side with the guy that was 15th. Uh, I think that was the race, Will, that we noticed at the last lap that I was catching that guy and you let me by. Yeah, I was doing my best to pace like in front of you. I didn't realize you were on track battling anybody, and I was just trying to keep a good pace to keep the guy behind me. I was thinking if I hit 121s, 122s, these old tires, I'll be good. And you gave me plenty of room to not make myself have to push. Um, and then out of nowhere, you're like, hey, man, that guy in front of me is for a position. So I just pulled over. If we would have noticed it like a lap sooner, I think you would have got him. Well, like he was he was struggling because I think we ga I gained five seconds on him in the last lap. Yeah, he like went off at I think like turn three A. Um, like went out and almost actually I was worried he's gonna T bone me. Um, so I chip backed off and I think you backed off accordingly to keep distance between you and me. Um, I just never put it together that you were battling him for position. We think we were just trying to make it to the end at that point. Yeah, I was just that was just survival at the end of that one because I think I got a bunch of X's going through the grass too. Whenever my thing quit too, because I don't know where the car went. Oh yeah. Uh, Thursday fixed. I ran. Uh, probably shouldn't have. I'm not sure why. Uh, I was running ninth actually till about halfway, and I was surprised I was running ninth. And then I wrecked by myself at the start finish line at high speed, and that's not a good place to wreck. There's no real good runoff. There is no runoff there. That's like one of the few spots on the track where, if you wreck, you're you're done. And so. I just escaped out and quit. Not the DNF for sure. I don't even know what I finished. So uh, Friday open, Chris ran. He got a P11. Good job, Chris. Uh, after, yeah, the earlier in the week when he was a little bit off pace, I, I think he was happy with the P11. And then Greg, uh, you ran Saturday morning P5. Yeah, that was. I uh, f I was finish up work on uh, Saturday mornings. I worked Friday nights from like 7 p.m. till I get home at 5.30 in the morning. So I always I always contemplate when I pull in the driveway, do I go into that fixed race without any practice, anything, or not? And this one, I was definitely, I was like, I was not sure because I heard you guys talking about how slippery it was as a fixed, and I was like, do I really want to ruin after I had a bad finish on the Thursday? So I just took it easy and... I don't know if there was anything different or what, but I, I mean, it, it worked. Whatever change I made to the my throttle, it helped uh, uh, in that race. It, it, it ran good, and I think I made a couple mistakes on it. Um, I don't know. I'd have to go back and look, but it, it was a good race. It was a clean race. The guys, the guys in that race really seemed like they just wanted to log laps and get done. There wasn't a lot of racing on that race, so. All right. And then Sunday open, you got a P4. Yeah, we, that was a good race. Um, I, uh, I didn't have the speed that some of those guys were doing. I, I, the setup was good, but I couldn't run some of the lap times that, uh, we were, that some of those guys were getting. And P4 was probably the best that I could ever hope for. I was, I was being caught by the guy in fifth place um for that as well which actually i want to give a shout out to him too is ryan uh ryan carwell carwell he uh 
he recognized that there was a bunch of us in that race that were uh, running the uh, from the iRacing Lounge. So he just did a shout out to us on there. So I was going to do a shout out to him here. Go. All right, cool. Well, that's Sonoma. I'm glad it's over. Um, we got two more road courses, Watkins Glen and the new Charlotte Roval coming up. Um, I'm still not totally convinced that we're going to run the Roval or not when it comes in the fall. Will the track be ready or not? You know, who knows? They can use what they already have. I was, I'm putting a project together for myself for my streams, and I was doing a quick thing to use a track, and I was trying to use every track and that was on the NISS schedule. And that Roval, it's close to what they have for that. Uh, um, I think they use it for some of the uh, the lower series cars. Like, what's that? Is it the Ford? Is that small car? Yeah. Yeah, I think they use it for the Miata. Oh, they do use it for the Miata, Miata too. But yeah, they they use that inside course. It's pretty much it's close to it. So if if it doesn't get ready in time, they could always use that if they had to. Yeah, I don't know. All right, uh, Chicago Land is next. Um, remember, NASCAR changed the schedule. Chicago Land is no longer in the chase, and so or the playoffs as they call it. So uh, it's coming up next, guys. Chicago Land and uh, Matt Busa posted up some stats, all-time NIS fixed Chicago Land stats. And guess what, guys? I made the list again a few times. Uh, what do I got? I'm on the laps, most laps completed uh, P2. I'm only ten shy from the lead on that one. And then I made P3 on the incident list again. Darn it. And then uh, most starts, I got uh, P2. I'm uh, with 13 starts. I'm looking at this right now. There's some regular offenders on here besides yourself. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you, there's certainly some patterns. Um, now, William Chappelle made the list several times, so that we'll shout out his name. Uh, he's got the most wins. He's got the most top fives and, ten, and top tens. He's on the most starts and laps completed as well as incident point list as well. Fastest lap was a 28-1 by James Simmons. Wow, Ever. we're close to that right now on the temperatures. Yeah, I noticed it was kind of like an oddity with that because it says he set that lap um, February 28th of 2016. I can't remember... Um, why would the, that race be in the middle of February? Yeah, that doesn't make much sense, does it? Yeah, I noticed that just before we started the show and I was going back through some stuff. That's like the date we started the season or something. Yeah, that would have been right around Daytona for NIS. Right, right. The date of the season. But anyway, uh, that's always fun to look at those lists. Um, thanks to Matt Busa for putting those out. Um, it's always fun to see my personal name on it. Uh, I've been running NIS since it started, obviously. So when it comes to these, uh, you know, the most starts and the most laps, you know, I'm certainly going to be on the list. That's cool. Uh, let's talk official. Uh, I did run some rally cross, and I put a note here. For the love of God, why is qualifying still eight minutes long? I, I don't get it. I just don't get it. I mean, we've had rally cross for how long now? 
and it doesn't take eight minutes to qualify. It's like easily five minutes like any other series. Why is it eight? Can anyone answer this? I don't know. I think even five minutes is a little too long. Most laps are right. only 30, 40 seconds. I feel the same way with dirt ovals. They have five-minute qualifying, and everybody will qualify, and you'll have three minutes to just sitting around doing nothing. Does it really matter? Like, if it was eight or five minutes, if they don't qualify, you don't qualify. It's You're not really that far, starting far back, right? Like, it's it, it seems ex- excessive for that. Like, eight minutes, the, the cup races have never, or the NIS have never been like that. I don't yeah. know why they would do it that way. In the- well, in the beginning, it was like, okay, it must be a mistake, okay? And But then, they, and we've talked about this on the podcast before, but... It's just interesting that it's still, you know, after all this time, there hasn't been enough complaints that it's still eight. I mean, it's like, go have a cup of coffee after you qualify, because in five minutes from now, we'll we'll grid up. And that's another two minutes. And so by the time you do the qualifying and the grid, you know, that's 10 minutes right there. Yeah, I was going to say, um, our YouTube chat, uh, Crypto Nick said the same thing. Like, that weight drives him insane. Um, it is yeah. definitely. It makes me long. not want to run rally. Especially if you have the heat races, because at that point, say you're in the second heat, you qualify, you wait, they grid, they race before you're back on track. So that's a huge amount of downtime. So what's that, 18 or 20 minutes from the time you started the sim and you still haven't raced? And then you have a consolation race with only two cars where both of them transfer and then both of them wreck and then you're waiting for another 5-10 minutes at least. Yeah, that's yeah. They gotta fix that. Come on, iRacing. All right, let's uh, go on. Uh, next race for the Grand Prix Formula One, July seventh at Imola. And Greg, tell us about Peak. Uh, Bobby Zelinski was a class of the field again for the second year in a row. Um, now I've been watching this actually over the last couple of days here too, or since it was went up because. Uh, I always have it on while I'm doing something on the computer, and it's nice to have two monitors. You can watch it and do something else while you're still on the computer. It looked like a really good race. Um, I don't know if you guys, if it's actually on here. Did you guys see, uh, was it Corey Vincent? His the, They were posting on Twitter all over about his entrance to pit road. Oh, yeah. There was a video about that where somebody posted, he just got in really hot, right? Yeah, and it was he. He basically drifted the whole corner around and and got it down to speed right in time. He basically used all the tire he had left. I always kind of forget exactly where the speed limit starts, so I'm a little timid getting in there. But you can really drive at speed up until the line, which is after it turns. Yeah, it's really deceptive. I just better safe than sorry, in my opinion. I'm not right. That's how I am. I'm kind of tiptoeing through there. The first time I went onto pit road, I was just crawling around that corner, and I realized, oh, it's right there. That's that's on me for not practicing the pit road entry before a race. The only thing I would say, though, is if you spin or get stuck, that's going to be like that scene in Austin Powers where you're just back, forward, back, <laughs> forward, back, forward before you get out. So I, it's it's not worth the risk to me. Yeah, and it's a once-a-year track. I mean... I only race it once a year, and and every year I kind of forget about that, you know. And but anyway, uh, well, good job for Bobby Zelinsky. Now, what a race they they put out a highlight reel, 
and in the middle of the race, they actually had a, a race for the lead. And, um, boy, it was a good race. These guys were all over each other, but giving each other enough room to actually, you know, get around. And they were swapping back and forth, and uh, it was really good racing. And But then once Bobby got by, that was it. He took off, and, and nobody challenged him for the rest of the race. But there for two or three laps, it was actually some really good uh, racing to watch. I think that's what makes these peak drivers what they are. I mean, they could race hard and still race clean. And uh, we see people that could race clean but aren't very quick. And then you see people that are quick but just can't race clean. And, I mean, there's a reason why these guys have a black stripe. Yeah, if you look at right in the middle of the video, uh, Harl TM is the one that's racing Zelensky for the lead there. And they're side-by-side side up going, th- uh, you know, by the checkered flag or by the start-finish line. Swapping the lead going into one, side by side, not touching each other as they go down through the S's, and uh, some really good racing for sure. And when they were on the different pit strategies, the you know some of the passes on new tires to old tires, they were side by side through the S's a lot. So it looks like also uh, Ray Alfala has still got his lead in the point standings, followed by Keegan Leahy and Bobby Zelinski now. Boy, the track really looks rubbered in on this video, more so than the NIS races. I wonder why. I think I get that feeling from most road courses. I know, like, Canadian Motorsports Park is a track I like to goof off on just when I'm trying to drive for fun. And there's a couple zones that even if it's 0%, you can see heavy tire wear or rubber in. I think it's just the nature of road courses. See that, Tony? He wants to be a Canadian. (laughs) <laughs> welcome come on in here. <laughs> uh michael conti posted up a, a little tidbit on twitter he said he got a p3 uh he posted up his uh apple workout his average heart rate during the race was 134 beat per minute that's high man he was on it he's up on the wheel now I did this in an oval race recently, and it only went up to uh, I don't know. It was a little above a hundred, but it wasn't one thirty-four. Now, if your race was broadcasted to thousands of viewers, and NASCAR <laughs> was tweeting about it, um, now the, how would your heart rate go then, Mike? <laughs> yeah, and then running P three in a peak race, you know that I'm sure he's sweating it up on the wheel. All right, let's talk uh, sprint car, Will. Yeah, so uh, sprint cars ran this week, um, and Tim Ryan ended Alex Bergeron's win streak. Um, They ran at Knoxville. Uh, Ryan really stunk up the show. He qualified pole and led every lap. Um, Bergeron had a really bad qualifying run and got caught up in a wreck in his heat, and he actually had to start at the back of the B-Main. And uh, I would say he did make some questionable contact with Jesse Dacus, um, to take away the transfer position. Um, so I don't know if you guys saw that video at all. I kind of linked right there of the contact that was made. Uh, yeah, that's very interesting. And let me ask you this. In in real life, what would World of Outlaws do? This would They wouldn't do anything. Well, I, I mean, yeah. And it, you could kind of semi-blame Dacus for not backing out a little bit um, to keep it clean. But I don't know how much of a warning he had. If he's running a single monitor, he wouldn't have seen that till the last moment. 
Um, I don't want to be too judgmental on the drivers. They're trying to put on a show and race and qualify in. Um, just the nature of the surface model right now on dirts doesn't make for good racing. Um, a lot of it's one groove up at the fence. Um, everyone in the dirt community feels like that cushion is just way too powerful. So this is what you're going to get. Um, personally though, I feel like he's the best of the best. He's won three in a row and wrecks a guy to qualify or transfer into a main event. I feel like at that point, iRacing, in my opinion, should have sat him out of that race. Um, to really make an example of what he did not being right because allowing him to race in that main um, basically just sets precedent for what is allowed and I feel like two three races ago I think at Charlotte racing was really bad they got it together it got better and better but if this is what's going to be allowed the drivers are going to know it and we're going to get back to wreck fest again so um, so it looks like he opinion. went to the inside and then he kind of washed up in front of him, but he was super slow. And so when he came up in front of him, it, it, the guy hit it and ran into the back of him, kind of. Yeah, it's isn't, a isn't little tougher to... with a slide job. Yeah, yeah, slide job that went bad. That's like the slide job of all slide jobs. There is, <laughs> he went right from the bottom right to the top. That was crazy. Yeah, and I mean he passed two cars doing it. Um, I would say like Jesse, yes, he could have backed out, but I'm like, if he's running one monitor, he's not going to see that. And I mean, you're the best of the best, the one they're hyping up, you've won three in a row and now you're put into a tough position and you end up taking somebody out. That's just questionable. Um, now I know yeah. when we get to the next, uh, world championship series, there was contact there. Um, I have different opinions on that one. But yeah, I just I feel like that was questionable and it really kind of went under the radar. All right, well, if I'm David Hoots here on this one, uh, that's a race incident. That's the way I would call this. Uh, you're right. It, you know, it is the transfer spot. You're going to get a little more, you know, closer inspection on stuff like that. But, uh, you know, he didn't go all the way up. He, he did kind of leave a little lane up there for that guy, but... Uh, but yeah, I would just say it's a racing incident myself. It's hard to say, but you're right. But you know, once they let him do it once, now what happens next time? You know, is that going to be allowed? You know. Yeah, and that's something. I mean, I don't know. They could talk about it behind closed doors, and we just don't know. Um, I, I would hope that at least that happened because that is really that takes away from the, I would say, the realism of it. Because if something like that happened in real life, there would be a lot more outrage. Um, and, I mean, there'd be destroyed cars. I mean, it'd be all bad. So if we're trying to simulate the real thing, we have to be, I mean, it's going to sound bad. You're going to have to really be careful about that kind of stuff. All right. So let's talk about some more championship racing with uh, some questionable moves, too. Uh, but first, Mitchell DeJong wins the first uh, iRacing Rallycross World Championship win at the Daytona Long Course. And... uh Mitchell qualified on pole, let every lap. Uh, he was the only driver in the new Subaru car. Um, now, Logan Clampett, he got up, caught up in a little controversy during his B-Main. He made contact to take the transfer spot in a very similar situation. Uh, and that's the all the stuff we talked about last week about Scott Speed. Guess what? He was nowhere to be seen. Uh, iRacing tweeted saying he was having technical difficulties uh, they indicated that he was going to be on the broadcast as a broadcaster, but I certainly didn't hear him when I was listening to it. 
So who knows what happened with Scott Speed? That, that I watched that race too because I was just talking to I was talking to the guys earlier about it. The the Logan Clampin one. I don't know if you guys have ever watched rally racing in real life, but I, the way he went in there, that's that's how they they do that kind of racing. Sometimes that's you know they they like to beat those cars up every panel on them that they can possibly do it just to get spots. Like half the time I've seen when that sport came around on the X Games. First, when they were doing all that stuff, they uh, they used to take wreck three or four cars just going into the four, first corner trying to get the spot. So I, Logan Clampett, you know, I guess sent it in there, and that's what he was gonna. That's where he was gonna go, and he made his choice, and that got him a thing. I would you have faulted him if the guy? Uh, I, I can't remember the guy who he hit, but uh, if he came back and spun him, we wouldn't be saying anything to that either. It was a love tap, too. It was straight on the bumper, and I would call it a love tap. Hey, I'm here. Yeah, and if you look, he makes contact in the final corner, that big sweeping one, before the start finish straight, like a little, hey, heads up, I'm here. Um, so he gave him plenty of warning, and he didn't dump the guy at all. He just kind of scooted him up out of the way. Um so, yeah, I think it was just good quality hard racing. Um, unlike, I would say, where the last series we talked about, that was a whole a guy got completely taken out. So that's a different type of racing, different type of car. But I would think this is what makes for an exciting show, especially with Rallycross cars. So it's okay. Okay, so I'm going to be the caveat here. So it's okay in Rallycross, but it's not okay in the in the dirt that we were just talking about? I would say, yeah, it's a different animal. Um, in rallycross, I mean, you bump, you bang a little bit. It's part of what it is. But in dirt sprint cars, you make contact like that. I mean, somebody's going to get hurt. It's it's a it's a different type of racing. So I would say, yeah, that's what Logan did is still on the I would say controversial side, but it's also on the side of putting on a good show. Uh, nobody was completely taken out of the race, unlike but, I would say the World of Outlaw. I guess it's no different than the argument. Like if you look at F one, where they're trying, you know, you block. And then they pass, and they're complaining about something. Where in NASCAR, you just lay the bumper to it. They, you know, they're different. Each sport, I guess, has to be taken a different way. Boys have at it. Yeah, and then Logan's quote after the event, he said, "You've got to be able to lick the stamp and send it sometimes." So he licked the stamp and sent it. Here's my question: How many other guys do you think will move to the WRX now that Mitchell DeJong? dominated with it well and it will scott speed be back for the second event um it sounded to me like they were saying he had some kind of you know personal technical difficulties with hardware or software or something um so that indicates that he would be back for the second event so who knows do you think that was actually technical difficulties or do you think it was the pressure from all the people complaining about it there was a lot of uproar on Twitter, obviously, and the forums about it, too. I think it was weird they announced he'd be at the broadcast. Um, so I honestly think it was technical difficulties, because at that point, why not even be at the broadcast um, if he was having some kind of mic issue or something of that nature? Um, so, yeah, I, I, I do believe it was technical difficulties, but it was good timing as well. So tune in, tune in. All right, Tony, what's next? 
Okay, we got round three of the Mazda Hot Lap Challenge uh, coming up this weekend at uh, Watkins Glen. Uh, sim racers and race fans uh, both can compete online uh, from home or at the live track. Uh, fastest driver will win a VIP trip to the 2019 Rolex 24 at Daytona to compete in the finale for a chance to test a global Mazda MX-5 Cup car. Uh, you can find out more about the competition and schedule at iRacing.com slash Mazda Hot Lap Challenge. Man, get it. That's a heck of a prize. So, round three coming up. Yeah, that'd be that'd be fun. That is the best prize. Yeah, I just love that one. All right, Greg, what's next? So, I guess uh, there was a something. Uh, it was disabled here, but Randy Cassidy reported in the forums that uh, the packet loss from the Amsterdam server farm have been reported and are being caused by the ISP for the entire data center. As a result, the EAC can be triggered, resulting in people being kicked due to significant packet loss. iRacing has reached out to the EAC to temporarily disable this feature. So this is the anti-cheat thing, or anti-cheat uh, program that we download, I guess, and it's causing some problems with the Amsterdam server. Well, what happens is uh, a, a common way of cheating the system is uh, packet loss and so have you ever heard of you put your network cable on a hard switch and so like you're racing and then you like do a hard switch on your network and you blink out and then you turn it back on and you blink back and you're a half a lap ahead or you know crazy stuff like that but it's kind of the idea so that's why EAC that's one of the things they look for is if your packet loss is above a certain number up oh, you're cut off and so what they're doing is they've reached out to EAC and say, look, we have another issue with the ISP on this other server that's actually causing the packet loss. And it's not because they're trying to cheat. Can you temporarily uh, disable the, this part of the cheating thing so these guys can race? And that's the way I read it. Makes sense. Thank you for clearing that up even for me. Yeah, so... Uh, yeah, so I don't know how that hard switch thing on the network thing, that's something I heard years ago, and I don't think I've heard much about that. I don't think it's real, but, the, you know, obviously EAC does look for that, and they will cut you off if you have a high pa uh, packet loss. I wonder what that limit is, because right now, man, I feel like there's every now and then there's somebody in a race that just is all over the place, and they stay there the whole race. It's probably pretty high limit, I would guess, yeah, because that of that. Point, I wonder if it's even raceable for the user if they're having those kind of server issues well that talladega one we were having some huge issues and we were still able to race even though that everything was bouncing around yeah all right next up we have a new job posted at iRacing guys it's quality assurance specialist uh, they're looking for somebody to fill an opening it's in the bedford massachusetts office the ideal candidate would be someone with an extensive iRacing background with a hardy side of software and or web development experience. This individual will take charge of tracking issues and making sure they get addressed in a timely manner, as well as assisting with putting the newest content through its paces before release. So QA specialist is a fancy term for tester in the software world. 
Not a bad job. I'm. I could probably do that. You're gonna move to. You're gonna move from your nice warm Arizona all the way across to Boston. No, Boston that's the problem. Yeah, I would have to be a work at home kind of guy. But anyway, check it out. It looks like you have to move there, guys. If you're interested, check it out. All right, Tony. What's next? Actually, I'm gonna take this one here, uh, Mike. Um. We got some news as far as Kokomo and the Chili Bowl goes. Uh, Steve Myers tweeted about the new Dirt Oval content coming down the pipeline. According to him in the tweet, he said uh, Kokomo is tracking to be in the September build. He also mentioned Greg Hill has started working on Chili Bowl and is tracking to debut around the race this year. So um, obviously no talk about any new cars anytime soon, but there's plenty of good dirt tracks out there. And it's cool to see us uh, get into more here. It sounds like before the year's out. So Greg Hill is the audio guy, and he's working on Chili Bowl. And when I think Chili Bowl, I think it's kind of indoors, kind of like. And it's going to sound totally different. Is it going to sound different? Is that what he's working on? And would he be able to record it if there aren't cars on the track, so to speak? Yeah, I didn't think of that. Um, that I mean, you get that echo. You get the sound bouncing off the ceiling. Uh, I bet that is, probably is actually a pretty neat experience in there. Because they were talking about doing that over Bristol for the NASCAR too, right? Well, this Chili Bowl's got a roof, and it made me think about, okay, how does the blimp shot going to work? Well, you know, are you just going to see the top of a building, I guess so? Uh, we might get like a maybe a drone or something instead. That'd be cool. The drone shot? Yeah, I like it. New drone camera. That means you can move. That would be cool if you, you know, it'd be like having the control of where it can go then, too. Yeah. Good idea, David Tucker. A new camera called the drone camera with controls uh, where we can move it as well. All right. Uh, Greg, you're next. I guess this was. Uh, let me see who it was posted. Um, Alex Horn posted a top 10 highlight series. So I guess this is for people who want to uh, submit videos um, for it. It said, uh, now a little too late to submit videos in June, but uh, they're doing this every month. And the top 10 videos that will post, um, there can't be more than 20 megabytes. And it should be uh, no older than the current month. So if you have any highlights next month, make sure you save the replay. If you're in, if you're the top highlights, you will receive a twenty dollar or twenty five dollar iRacing credit at the beginning of the following month. So they want to see close finishes, last lap passes, crash avoidance, big saves, close racing, rub and paint. That's some that that that'll be interesting to see some people's. Uh, I guess video editing skills too and stuff like that can maybe uh, they're looking for stuff that they can put in advertising. Right. Yeah. And they're just looking for footage cause they need it. You know, to have a social media presence these days, you got to have video, you got to have pictures, you got to have text, you know? All right. Uh, Tony, you got a good one. Let's talk about that. Yeah. Uh, Brent Bundy posted up a fun little question in the forum um, asking what 
would you do if you owned iRacing for a day? So, um, you know, I've been thinking long and hard about this. And to be honest with you, <laughs> to own something for a day, I uh, don't really give you a whole lot of time to do anything. So I'd probably just, uh, personally, I just, you know, a uh, business as usual. And I just do something stupid just to get, you know, just so I could get a chuckle out of myself. You know, maybe make everybody have to have like a, a paint with my my face on it on on every car for the day or something silly like that other than that i don't have a real good answer but i'm sure you guys got something much better than that it before is a good go, question before you go will i'm gonna say one hit send on the uh tire model project yeah just dump it on us let's have it done or not let's have it i like that idea uh, I don't know how to answer this question. Um, if you owned iRacing for a day, what would you do? Oh, I got my answer while you think of one. All right, go ahead, Will. Um, I actually typed this out so I didn't talk too long. Um, I would hire a community manager, uh, someone who's like a liaison between the staff and the community. Um, I would want them to do like a weekly blog or post of some kind that talks about the more casual side of what's going on with iRacing and in the community. And at that point, maybe do a either a bi-weekly or a monthly video or stream, really diving in deep about what's going on at iRacing. Kind of similar to the uh, posts they've put out about the tire model and the damage model in the past. Um, I feel like they need that level of communication as a whole. Um, the way we put the show together, there's so many sources and so much information out there that's just scattered. I think having a person to really kind of organize it and communicate what's going on properly to both um, the community and obviously back to the staff as well would help a ton. Um, I feel like there's not much you could do in one day, but I feel like implementing a person to do that would be good for the sim as a whole because um, it would really let them take charge of what the narrative is in the community and what we're talking about, uh, minimizing speculation and then therefore min minimizing disappointments as well kind of like how we were all speculating and excited for the tire model coming. And then obviously we didn't get it. I think if they were in charge or spoke up every so often, like, Hey, just a heads up, this isn't going to be ready for this date, but this is what we got. This is what we're working on. I think better communication as a whole would be good for the sim. They already did this. Well, his name's Tyler Hudson. He is the community manager. <laughs> I think his technical titles competition director. Yeah. And, I think he does a probably. I don't know what he does on the back end. I'm sure he does a great job for the pro series guys, but I think a good community manager would be somebody who's been around the sim for a long time, but not at that level. I think there's only a hundred pro drivers in the sim, but there's thousands of just regular Joes just trying to have fun. I would say even somebody like you, Mike. Like who's been around, they've been at a certain level, they know what's going on, the ins and outs, would be really the right person for that job. I think Tyler's probably great at what he does, but I wouldn't want him to be the face of the community. Yeah, and you got to remember, iRacing as a whole, a big reason it's successful is the community, it is the forums, it is you're able to race real people and have relationships and teams and you know, leagues and different things like that. And that's a big part of it. And you're right. I don't think iRacing could ever have too much help uh, to kind of bridge those gaps. 
Yeah, good good thought. Um, I really don't have one. I, I think iRacing is doing a good job. I think they have good leadership. I think I could never do better than what John Henry has blessed us with, with his uh, fundage and his money to make iRacing what it is today. And so we owe everything to John Henry. And, and uh, I'll just say, you know, I'll take John Henry to lunch. That's what I would do if I had iRacing for a day and, and treat him to a steak and a lobster and, and a job well done. All right. Uh, next up is the ADAC released a starting lineup for the 2018 Porsche Sim Racing Trophy. This event is at Nurburgring in September. Event hosts the best sim racers in the world as they compete for prizes worth ten thousand U.S. dollars. A few names we recognize include Mitchell DeJong and Mac Backham. And so, boy, that looks like a, a nice way to earn some big money. So, good job. Uh, hopefully, Mitchell will show them how it's done. There's a lot of names on the list. I don't recognize uh, most of them. Graham Carroll, he's a, he's a, oh, Enzo Benito, he's really good too. All right, uh, what's next, Greg? Uh, it's Open Wheel Wednesday tonight uh, at Seekin Speed with the iRacing Midget. So if you look, you see the picture here, they tweeted out um, the iRacing logo all over the uh, the midget car uh, looks actually really nice. Looks like a 27 car. It, uh, the the driver is pretty nice. Greg, the driver is an employee of iRacing. Who, who is the driver, does it say? Uh, Kevin, oh, Kevin Iannarelli. Yeah, however you say his last name, Iannarelli. Yep. Uh, yeah, he's a, he works in the Massachusetts office, and he runs a midget car on the weekends and whatnot, and uh, he's got iRacing colors on the car. It looks really good. Yeah, that is definitely one of the cleaner um, iRacing cars I've ever seen. It looks really nice. Yeah, good paint job for sure. All right, uh, Will, we had a patch today. Yeah, we had a patch this morning. Um, pretty straightforward, not nothing too crazy. I, I took note of a couple of the bigger things. Um, race servers, um, they operations were optimized was the wording they used. Um, basically, it should help with multi-split endurance racing. Um, there was some adjustments to the surface model as far as the dirt oval goes. Um, I had a Google words they used there, and I still could under, understand the exact details. But I'm glad they're working on that. And then the Rallycross cars were toughened up a little bit. Um, they also fixed an issue where grip levels um, were adjusted as far as when you toss dirt on top of asphalt. There was some issues that were tossing cars over. So that was actually, I think, in our original show notes. I had to take that out because they've already fixed it. So um, thank you for iRacing for taking care of some of those things. And I'm always glad to see um, the dirt ovals get some love, especially with the way they are right now. That rally cross problem, I felt that from the beginning after the original build. It felt like the car was going to flip over on you. It's like the it, it felt like when you went around a corner real hard, the tire would roll off of the, the rim almost. 
and uh, and obviously they fixed it. You know, here a few days later. So uh, that was certainly an issue. I I certainly felt that one. Okay, next up, uh, somebody noticed. Uh, boy, we're about ready to hit two billion B with a B laps on iRacing, guys. Two billion laps. That's a big number. Uh, and the forum post is speculating about when is it going to happen. Uh, people are trying to guess uh, when that number is going to come. What do you guys think? I was going to say July 4th weekend would be my uh, target. That should be a busy... Uh, well, that's actually through the middle of the week, I think. Isn't that a Wednesday? It's already gone up 300,000 or th- uh, yeah, 300,000 since you guys wrote that into the script. I can't see it. Where are we at now? Uh, one, one billion nine eighty nine eighty one or one billion nine hundred. I guess how do you say it? One billion nine hundred and eighty million, million. Right. So that, that means you still have twenty million left, though, Greg. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, since this morning and this afternoon, they've cleared three hundred thousand laps. Wow! So we have a whole weekend, which I I'm hoping some people have a long weekend, and then have July Fourth off, and we hit the mark. That's kind of where I came up with my guess. There's surely there's some economist on the forum who actually does the math and can figure it out. That that always just as official, right? Like anything that's a raced lab, not like. There's obviously testing and stuff doesn't go into that. I think it's just racing laps, right? But they're counting everybody's laps. Yeah, I think it's all official laps. So the race has to go official. And then obviously all those laps are logged. Because if they did practice and all of that, that number would be way higher. So you're saying if it has everybody, it's a 100 lap race and there's 10 people in it, it's 10,000 laps. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Okay. That would go. It should go pretty quick. It's probably in the next couple of days. Then that's what he was just saying. Next next week is Fourth of July, right? So that's a good guess. Uh, I have no idea. Crazy. It's crazy even to think about. You know that we're, you know, putting that many laps out a day. You know, with everybody on here. Well, it's funny because I remember I used to play Call of Duty, and they used to keep like number of bullets shot, number of reloads and all these crazy stats i want to know like how many tires have we burned up like there's got to be statistics <laughs> somewhere of like all that kind of crazy dumb stuff um that's just probably ridiculous numbers how many incident points have <laughs> been tallied oh man mike could be in the top three of that oh <laughs> oh okay all right tony what's next do you really want to be on that list mike no no <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Mike. Uh, <laughs> uh, iRacing uh, posted some pictures from Sonoma this weekend. Um, and, uh, Sonoma's NASCAR Tech Hub and uh, TV chef Guy Fieri can be seen in the pictures. Uh, well, I guess you could say he's, uh, you know, he's taking the car to Flavortown. Um, nice. Like, uh, he was having some fun. Um, you know, iRacing stated we had a blast at the NASCAR Tech Hub. Um, and of course, and it looked like a lot of people were having fun, Guy Fieri included. He's uh, he's looking pretty serious, though, I gotta say. 
Yeah, I heard he was at the track to uh, cook for uh, Stuart Haas Racing. Uh, they brought him in to actually cook food for the crew, and that's why he was there. But obviously, he was checking out the iRacing rig. Uh, looking at the picture, it's a Sim Seats rig. They have a Thrustmaster uh, wheel and you know gear shift and pedals, it looks like, with some monitors and and whatnot. So pretty cool looking. Uh, there's another uh, picture with where it shows their triple screen setup, <clears throat> and they got a nice wraparound race seat, you know, that kind of goes around your head. Uh, pretty cool looking. That, is that, that's a motion rig, is it not? Kind of looks like it. Maybe the, not, though. The, yeah, that one looks like it's the, uh, it's on the D, what do they call the D-box? Yeah, the D-box setup. Right. It's, yeah. Yeah, it kind of looks like that. Anyway. Where they have the little jack things underneath the four corners. Yeah, that's a pretty cool. Uh, I I want to say that's an R seat cockpit, but I'm but looking at the the sticker, if you look at the right below the seat, you'll see a sticker. I think it says Sim Seats. So that's still a Sim Seats cockpit. It almost looks like it's fixed though. It's hard to see. It's hard to tell. If you look in the the front left corner, you can see something down below the pa- the bottom panel. That's an awesome seat, though. That's a good setup. Yeah. Yeah, love it. Nice FOV. The FOV looks really close. <laughs> Your favorite thing. Well, it's off just a little, but... <laughs> I mean... If they move those screens, like, about three inches closer i think it'd probably be exactly the wheel is sitting off from the center screen a little bit there's a a gap you need to get that as close as possible they need the uh the the bezel uh what i don't even can't even remember what they call them but like they're like uh you know the pyramids so it takes away the whole bezel and everything that's what they need that that, oh the pyramid thing yeah 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 yep all right next up uh software hardware we got uh, David Tucker uh, posted up a link to his old iRacing camera tool PDF. And so you can search this in the forums by going to iRacing camera tool documentation. And uh, it's a post from 2010. And uh, when you open this PDF, it's got all kinds of information about how the cameras work. And if you want to get into broadcasting, uh, you know, streaming that kind of thing you got to go through this that tells you everything how everything works how to manipulate it what to do what are all the different settings and and that kind of thing and so it's a very valuable resource uh it even has the uh, key binding list that uh tells you all the different keys and what they do and that kind of thing so very valuable tool if you're into that search for it Already downloaded. All right. I knew you'd like that one. All right, uh, Greg, tell us about the next story. I guess we're into the hardware here. Uh, Cube controls, touring safe. No, the sports, NBC Sports. Oh, into the pack. Okay, there's another pack here, I guess. Uh, Camera pack. Uh, iRacers uh, Braden Hill released a camera pack made to emulate the angles that are shot on NBC Sports. Right now, he has Daytona and Chicagoland. Links to those packs can be found in our show notes. So, you can see that. 
on our notes here, we you go to the thing and they got uh, their zip files. Um, I guess they're using all the cameras that NBC is going to be using. Yeah, I think as they broadcast, like he's in, like when Chicago Land gets broadcast, he is going to turn around and create cameras based on what they do, and he's going to emulate them, and he's going to put them on the forums, and then you can un- download them and then run them on your sim. Yeah, because I've been looking here in the Coke Zero, uh, Zero Four Hundred cameras, all the angles of the cameras, and then there's the onboard ones that include roof cam, rear bumper, dashboard. Uh, driver cam, door, driver cam, rear, uh, right rear suspension cam, helmet visor cam, and brake rotor cam, and said, and there's more. It sounds like too. I think yeah. they're probably using last year's broadcast to get that information. Yeah, and he, well, he he starts out by saying, in the coming weeks and months, I'm re- going to be releasing my own rendition of the cameras that NBC is going to be using in the second half of the 2018 NASCAR season. So he, he posted up stuff from the past, but he's also saying, hey, I'm going to be putting out new stuff here shortly. Be ready. It's going to be hard because we race. If you're trying to use some of these cameras for the week. By the time you get to that race in the actual case, and then they bring this out, we'll be on to the next track if it sounds like. Yeah, but... How how much are they going to change? I, I mean, they're going to have a package, and they're going to probably run the same kind of camera angles and whatnot at each track, you would think. I'm sure, sure there's going to be some variations. I'm sure the onboard ones are, well, obviously the onboard ones will be all the same. It's the it's the outer track ones and, like, the blimp cam and all that. Well, again, if you're doing broadcasting or want to do broadcasting, this is a a very valuable tool. Somebody's gonna made all the cameras for you. <laughs> all right, Will. What's next? Yeah. So somebody, um, Azuril Nazil, I probably pronounced that totally wrong. Um, he actually put a forum post uh, describing how he combined his VR gameplay User and then your the channel. broadcast view into the same screen for broadcast. So um, he basically goes over what it takes. Um, if you're looking to do this, it looks phenomenal, but you're going to need two accounts, two computers, and some really good internet. Um, I don't know if you guys saw the video he posted with it. Yeah, crazy. I've always wondered how you could do this, but he did it, man. It looks awesome. And it's real time. That's what's, that's what's so cool about it. So, you know, he's got basically two accounts. He's racing in one of them. He's got the other one basically doing a broadcast, and then he's overlaying that with his VR, you know, view, as well as the broadcast. So there's two shots showing on the same screen, and then yeah. he's streaming that, right? Yeah, it looks really, really good. The the sync with it's perfect, which I think that's really what makes it special. Well, yeah, very impressive, uh, Azril Nazil. Check that out on the forums under Combining VR and Broadcast View in the Same Canvas. All right, Greg, you got Cube Controls. Yeah, it's a touring wheel. I guess it's a Momo wheel, so it's... Uh, it's it's crazy. It's yeah, a thousand it's bucks. A thousand bucks. It's got a bunch of... Uh, there's, I was looking at the image here. There's obviously the, what you're paying for the, the, 
the base part of it. It's got all the buttons in, in, in locations, and it's even got a t two toggle switches, like, for communicating on-off. There's looks like a modes button. You can have 16 modes. Um, it It's a really nice wheel, but, you know, $1,000 for it. Now, now, this ain't... When, when we say wheel, typically, that means a base and a wheel. Guess what? This is just the wheel. It's no base, okay? You have to have a base to put this on. This is only the wheel. But, boy, it's nice. It's genuine Momo. I'm trying to figure out... I'm guessing, looking at this image there's nothing in behind where those hole mounts are so that's where it mounts to your to a quick release but i can't tell from any i'm trying to find more images here of how it mounts to your rig because it just has the four the normal six uh hole pattern but i don't know what's behind it or if that that's holding in these buttons well a uh, click over to gt steering wheel they have some more photos there and they show the back of it does have a quick uh, disconnect kind of look to it. And they're, boy, the GT steering wheel is really nice too. Um, I'm very impressed. That one says 749 euros. Now, this is a European based company. I don't know where I found this website, uh, so I really don't know much about them, but their website is cubecontrols.it. Looks like it's some really mach well machined stuff. I just don't know how, I guess that quick release there would have to go to a quick release that you'd have to buy for your wheel that's on the back of it. Or the, the mounting bracket there has to go to a quick release that you'd have to buy for your wheel. There's not a lot of information about it, yeah. But The uh, biggest thing wow. I would have is how do you get the electronics to work? There, I don't seem to see any kind of like USB out or anything. Um, yeah, I don't know. it's a nice looking wheel though. Oh man. I love it. I like the, the colors. Yeah, the colors is what I was just going to say too. The blue and the yellow and there's red and black and uh yes, if you're interested in a Formula 1 style wheel or GT steering wheel and money's not an object, you might want to check this website out. There's also an option if you have just reading here. You can either have the buttons backlit or they can be standard, so they can be lighted lit, lit up as well. Now, when you click over to the home site, uh, it looks like it's in Italian. So I think they're from Italy. Yeah, it, it does say Italy. Might yep. stand for something. So check it out if you want to uh, check that out. Let's keep moving. The next one is also a steering wheel. The Max Pappas Inc. or MPI Dirt Late Model Sim Combo. Cost $129. Uh, this is the second wheel this week uh, from MPI. It's repurposed dirt late modi model modified wheel that comes with an adapter to fit a Logitech G920 or G27. And it's 15 inch. This is, uh, the, this is what I want. This is nice. Looks like a, I, would, I would love to feel what a big a bigger wheel would feel like. Like I know that Xbox one that I use on my Fanatic base is pretty is pretty large, but it's not like these oval wheels rims. And it has no buttons, so you have to figure the button out separately. Yeah, buttons are definitely an issue. But I know when I used to race like uh, speedway sprints or micro sprints, 
I loved having a big wheel. I would like it makes such a huge difference and um that's something I definitely want to upgrade on my rig and I think Max Pappas has like some of the best looking oval wheels out there. Well look at what the regular drivers are using, you know. Harvick and Kyle Busch, they're running Max Pappas wheels. Okay. I want to run what Kyle Busch is running. There's a Max Pappas wheel on the car, race car in our, in iRacing. That's what's on the wheel. Yeah. And, and it's common for the best, you know, drivers in the world to be running a Max Pappas wheel. So you can get them for a sim. It, I think it's a reasonable price, 130 bucks. You know, you might have to spend another 100 to figure out a button, but... All right, let's keep going. Tony, what's next? Well, uh, looks to me, this is kind of a nifty way to advertise. Uh, Carolina Simworks uh, posted up on their Facebook, use what the winners use. And uh, it's uh, Justin Haley's... Um, rig uh and it's uh it's it's pretty impressive it's a nice little rig um one heck of a uh monitor setup he's got that's for sure and uh yeah it's it's uh the rig itself is kind of kind of plain jane but uh you know he's got nice 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 pedals looks like a nice wheel and a nice seat yeah this this the seat is awesome and then he's um like the 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 button box set up on either side of the wheel um uh very very nice um but overall it looks like a so, you know a solid uh setup to get your to get your race on um those uh those monitors are huge yeah the i mean i wish it was a little bit closer to the steering wheel but yeah the monitors are like looks like 32s maybe but oh, man yeah, at uh least. Yeah, it's a nice looking rig, and Justin Haley just won the uh, Craftsman Truck Race, so or Camping World Truck Race. Yeah, I mean that's that's a. I just thought it was some crafty advertising on on Carolina Simworks part. Yep. Yeah, and I don't know if he bought it because he won the race, or he was preparing for the race he just won, or what. All right, let's uh, run out of time. Let's jump to final thoughts. Uh, Greg Hectus, you're up first. Uh, I'm just looking forward to this week getting back to the ovals. Um, it's uh, glad to be that the road course is gone. I'm still. I was going to talk about my wheel today, but I'm going to leave it till next week. Um, I'm still waiting to hear back on my whole setup here from the provider of it. So. Tune in next week because I'm definitely going to have something to say about it next week. But uh, I'm looking forward to this week, and uh, I hope we have some We've been working on a set, and I hope we do good at Chicago. All right. Good luck with the wheel. Uh, Tony Groves, final thoughts? Well, yeah. Uh, boy, did I take a butt whooping at the road course. Um, not going to get too much into this week, but <laughs> my, my luck really hasn't been changing. Um, maybe I'm in a slump. I don't even know. I don't know if I'm good enough to even have a slump yet. Um, but, uh, you know, yeah, Mike, you, you mentioned getting humbled. Well, these last, uh, you know, last week and this week has been a very humbling experience. Um, I'm hoping to be able to, to turn it around and, 
you know, if I can eke myself out a, you know, a top 10 finish this week, uh, I'll be absolutely elated. Um, yeah, so, just get it turned around. I just, I'll just keep pressing forward, keep yep. practicing, you know, but uh, it'll happen. Other than that, yeah, man, good. Racing's fun. Love it. I think I told you at the time, uh, if it was easy, you wouldn't do it or no one would do it. And it's not easy, and that's why we do this. And that it's the competitive nature of iRacing. It is competitive to get out there and race on an oval race and and run, you know, neck to neck with these guys and try not to wreck or hold somebody off and come down to the checker. It's fun. So it, it's it's hard, and so everyone will get humbled and, uh, at some point. You certainly experienced that recently. I've I've been there before. I tell you. All right, uh, Will Gibson, final thoughts. Yeah, I hate to end the show on a somber note, but I just want to give my final thought goes out to uh, Jason Johnson's family. Um, Jason passed away last weekend after succumbing to injuries he suffered in a racing incident during a World of Outlaws event at Beaver Dam Speedway. Um, Jason was best known for winning the 2016 Knoxville Nationals, and he was uh, 41 years old. So hate to end the show on a sad note, but just feel like um, – with my background in dirt racing and everything, I just wanted to say something about that. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, I wanted to take a moment, too, and say, you know, thoughts and prayers to the family. But when I saw that incident on tape of what happened to him and, and how he his incident happened, that track that they're at, that Beaver Dam, it needs improvements, okay? Uh, it needs safer walls it needs more area so when a car touches it doesn't go up up and over and over and over and clear out of the track okay they need to have catch finches that that keep these cars in the track and dirt racing is doesn't have a lot of money and i understand that but they need to take a, a good look at this and other incidents that have happened in recent years and say, look, you know, we need to change these tracks a little bit and make them more safer. We've done it in IndyCar. We've done it in NASCAR. We've done it in NHRA. We've made things a lot safer. But in these dirt tracks, these tracks haven't changed in 50 years. They're still set up the same way they were back then. And they don't have any safety thought into these walls. And anyway, I just wanted to throw that out. Yeah, I could say um, my parents used to promote and run a dirt track. And that's something I grew up doing. And we actually, we brought sprint cars to our facility and that was our premier division. And there was a lot of little things we did as far as putting bells of hay on top of the K rail. So in case anything did go over and hit that, um, it would minimize damage. And it's a, it's a tough thing. And I would say there's nothing scarier or to me, at least when you were on that infield and there was 20 sprint cars going full speed and um, there is a lot of risk involved in those guys love it they put on a great show but it's um just sad when something like this happens yeah and it reminds you about what kind of you know what they're putting on the line every time they put the helmet on you know you can go out there and not come back all right uh my final thoughts uh yeah road coast road course is over thank you my decline in i rating uh, throughout this season i hope it's over i hope sonoma is the end of it we're moving on to the ovals again hopefully i can get some finishes that get me back on track 
I'm trying to be optimistic, but it's hard. But, you know, it kind of goes in cycles, you know, just like in real NASCAR, you know, uh, with you see Jimmy Johnson and how he's struggling and they used to be on top and now he can't get a, a race together. And I kind of feel that same way. Like I'm in some kind of cycle where I'm on a downswing, but I don't know if it's me or my hardware or is it everyone just getting better? I don't know. I can't put my finger on it, but hopefully I'm trying to stay positive. It's going to turn. So with that, we'll see you later. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.